rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Welcome everyone to episode, I guess it is now 60 of the Matt Jones podcast and we are back at it and I, you know, we have to, after starting to back up after a hiatus, I try to have the people I enjoy having on the most up first. That's why we did Vanetti, we're going to have Bomani and now we also have our friend Doug Gottlieb uh, from CBS Sports. Doug Gottlieb, how are you, sir? I'm well, I'm well, getting into that uh, great time of year. Yes, this is the best time of year. And, and I really like, you know, once you get to March, you get all the general people talking about college basketball, and most of those people don't know what's going on. But really, I think in like middle to late January, for people who follow it, you start to get a sense of who's good and who's not. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, it's still hard because I still think that, that there's like a balance there, right? You're trying to figure out which teams have younger players, which have come of age and you know like for example if you take Baylor who I think surprised some people uh with some of their early season performances but then you're like well okay Oregon didn't have their best player and I'm not sure Oregon's as matter of fact I'm not sure I think Oregon's not as good as last year um and you know they beat Xavier well Xavier's not as good as last year and they didn't have Miles Davis um and so what ends up happening is some people fell in love with Baylor because those early results and now you're like well Baylor just got their ass kicked in West Virginia, what's real and what's, you know, one bad game. So I, yes, I mean, I guess some of us maybe pay too much attention to everything, but I do think that we have a pretty good, we have a good sense of like the different tiers, who's legit. Um, and then there's some other, there's some sleeper teams that you think are kind of improving and that, you know, by the end of the year, they could be dangerous. And then there's those other kind of dumpster fire teams that have some talent that, you might want to say, all right, maybe they're never going to get right. So, yes, we have we have a lot of data. It's not necessarily all conclusive, but it makes for interesting discussion. I would you, you started with the best point, which is you come around to March and everybody thinks they know what they're talking about because they've watched for like a week. Yeah, they watch a couple Where of the, games and then go, well, right, they the, must when, be, they must know. Right, right. When the two of us are like, dude, we watch these guys in high school and all stars in November, or we got a little bit. All right, whatever. So, yeah. Well, all right, so let, let's talk about that. I, I, generally speaking, try to pick every year five or six teams that can win a title. Last year you and okay. I had this conversation. We basically agreed, except you added Villanova and I wouldn't, and you ended up being right. I just couldn't believe in them because they, like, choked every year. Now let's go to this year. I look at it as five teams that can win and then one, let's see what happens to them. I would look right. and say – UCLA, Villanova, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas could all win it, and then let me see what happens to Duke as the year goes on. What would you say? It's a good list. It's a good list. I'm trying to think there's anybody we, we've forgotten. Um, nobody else in the Big 12. Nobody else in the Big East. Nobody else in the pack, I don't think. Uh, I wouldn't put Oregon in that mix. Uh, you never know. They just play a funky style and they got some guards. Um, Arizona, I don't think so, even if they get Trier back. Uh, SEC, no. God, that league stinks. Yeah. Um, and ACC, and then you the eight- yeah, I mean, it's just Carolina and Duke, right? And you don't know about Duke. Um, yeah, like, I don't, like, Virginia's not as good. You know, Virginia, if they didn't suspend their one player could score in the, if they didn't get rid of the one school player they had that could score in the pot. I'd say that's, that's probably the working list. That's, that's probably it. And I, the crazy thing is, like, this Duke team is, I, I, there's a bunch of ex, there's a bunch of explanations I can give which sound like excuses, but they're all legitimate, and it's going to be fascinating to see if they can figure it out. I mean, right now they're trending the way of that Kentucky team a couple of years ago that was an eight seed. Right? Yeah, You're no, like, they well, they really are. Well, let me ask you about. I mean, that Kentucky team. The reason they struggled at the end of the day is that they were all young guys and they didn't connect yet. And then they did in March, but that shouldn't be what's and, happening. And they hit with some the last second shots. They don't know. No, no doubt. They could have easily yeah. lost to Wichita state, but they had to be playing well to be in those games. Right. See, I thought they played exceptionally. I like the next to the sweet 16 elite eight. Like, you know, that's the shot away. I actually thought they played great basketball against Wichita state. I that thought was, Wichita state was more fortunate to, 
to stay in that game. That was an amazing game, that Wichita State Great game. game. People forget about it. But but this Duke team, I mean, they got some some upper-class guys. I, I know they've had injuries, and I, I get all that, but they shouldn't be as bad as they are, don't you think? Um, yes and no. I mean, look, there's there's no point guard, right? On the okay. Roster. Like, yeah. Frank Jackson's kind of a point guard, but not really. Like, he's a scorer. And um, that's not going to change. No, that's not going to change. It's also not going to change that their two best players are wings that are tremendous scores. One, neither is point guard. Two, neither of them are game-changing defenders and for the way that Duke wants to play. So those, you know, they have to be in the game, right? Yes. On the other hand, I'm not going to say they're liabilities, but they're also, you know, they don't have the ability to really dictate what you can't run. Duke Duke style has been, and the, the year in 2010, I think it was, when they won the championship, uh, it's the one year in which they didn't play this way, but generally they want to take you out of any ability to run offense against them, and this year's team just cannot because, you know, Luke Kennard is a tremendous player, but ain't like he's climbing in defensively. Yes. And, you know, the same would go... Uh, with Grayson. I mean, so, their only good those, defender is Matt Jones, and you can't play. I mean, he kills you on offense, right? Well, he, he, he kills you a little bit on offense. I think he's a I think he's a good defender, but I don't think he's like, you know, um, it's not like he's going to guard the ball and you know take one of these great point guards out of the game. Yeah, Additionally, right. yeah. like, look, everything that possibly could go wrong in terms of first world problems with the Dukies has gone wrong, <laughs> right? True. Yes. Like. Like, you use those early season games you use to develop your young guys. And their three best young guys were all sitting out. Then they come back, and you got the Grayson mess, and you got Coach K out. And let's also kind of like, as much as we want to say, well, you know, Harry Giles is just starting to play. Like, he hadn't played in a while. So no one knows what Harry Giles is really going to be. You know, they may think they know, but we don't know. He hasn't played enough basketball. And then you lose Emil Jefferson, and... They're so soft inside, so you can't play the way you really want to play defensively in terms of climbing into people and taking them out of offense. Um, your interior players are young, or and you know not particularly tough. You don't have a point guard, and there's a there's a bit of a leadership void there too. And then you know you you got to you, you don't have your head coach, so <laughs> they got some they got some issues. But as we've seen, like again, this is where that Kentucky team. Of a couple of years ago is a perfect. Like it's amazing what happens when you make a couple of shots, win a couple of games, and you get to the NCAA tournament, and you all, everybody feels good about themselves. So I would say that's why you have a good. And the Villanova thing's interesting this year because I don't think they're as good defensively, but they're better offensively. And even though Jalen Brunson, um, you know, he's probably a step slow. Um, I think. DiVincenzo kid is a freak, a really, really athletic player. I never even, I'd never even heard of that kid until he played the other night. Didn't he? I, I didn't honestly didn't even know they had him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a, he redshirted last year. A white kid who's super, su- super athletic, and um, and you know, and he's only playing because Phil Booth is hurt. And you know, if they add Phil Booth back, that gives them another guard. Um, they're you know they here's the thing. They got great culture. They know who they are. They got probably two borderline pros the rest are just really good college players and they can they can shoot they can really pass and they're one of those teams they're probably the most physical team in the country and they all they do it with all their lower body and so it it pisses everybody off when you're playing against them because you're like they're fouling and they have their hands up like what are you talking about well fouling. <laughs> Jimmy does the same thing and so they're they're really hard to play against and they just kind of it's this like quiet they assume they're going to win every game and so you think you got them buried, and then whap whap whap, they hit a couple threes, and they're just they just have this incredible confidence about them that they know uh, that they can they're going to win the game at the end. So I, I I like them. I like them more this year, maybe even than they did last year, even though they're not as good defensively because they don't have a rim protector. Now, when I going back to the, the national title contenders for a second, if you. If you were to say, as of today, not the rankings, not the records, but who's the best team, I tend, and I can't believe I'm saying it, because I tend to always think this team is soft, but I kind of think UCLA is the team that if I'm Kentucky, I don't want to play, just because I think they can beat you so many different ways. What do you think? 
Um, probably. Um, I think that it's also fair to assume that Kentucky is going to be a lot better offensively than they were. And, you know, I, I think UCLA has the, – the issue with UCLA is there's just some – you know, it's kind of like we talked about with Duke. It's like, look – Bryce Alford is not going to be able to stop you defensively. No. All right? So if you, if you can expose that, you got somebody who can hit shots, but they got a guard. And, you know, I mean, like, go through their go through their team, and you tell me who scares you as a defender. Nobody. Pretty, but I, but what scares me is I don't know how you stop them. Score. I don't know how you stop no, no, them. I mean, I, they, and, and they've kind of gotten to this thing where um, they're getting used to winning. Yes. And, and – and kind of like that, that Villanova thing I was talking about where they just think they're going to win. Like, I've seen a bunch of games where they don't play very well, and then you come to the end, like, you know, they almost beat Oregon. Oregon was a lot better than they were. And, you know, all of a sudden Lonzo Ball, he just, that kid's so used to winning, he just, they just keep playing, and they just keep assuming that they're going to win. And they can beat you from three. They can beat you with, you know, with close twos. Um yeah. And I think adding, you know, the big African kid inside, that gives them some rim protection. That gives them a guy who can finish, you know, as opposed to Kansas, who lost as a bouquet for the year. I think that. But see, I think they're better than that. I think I give them more credit maybe than you do inside because even though Leaf and the guy, Welsh, the Feathers kid, even though none of those guys are physical, they're long enough that, like, when they played Kentucky. Monk, Briscoe, and Fox beat you by getting layups. That's how they right. beat you, and they right. couldn't get the layups against them as easily. I think they're really long. They're the longest team in the country, aren't they? No, Florida State would be. Yeah, but I mean, for, of, the, uh, of the elite teams, yes. By the way, by the way, Florida State—they're like, good. They're, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think anybody believes that they can win six games in a row. Yes, right. Um, but. They're the type of team that it's like that's like the Kentucky team of a couple years ago. They walk kind of quick, like what the hell? How, no, how do we draw these guys? They could Taylor make the they could too. make the final four. I just don't think they can win six straight. Yeah, and I don't know if they could. That's that's a lot. Uh, they had a shot. The VCU game when VCU went, they should have gone to the final four that year. That was a, that was a good long athletic had some skill team. Uh, they have you know in a year you know for example this this group. This Florida State group, if they were in last year's tournament, because there was just there wasn't that many players out there. Yes, uh, they probably would have a better shot. Whereas this year, everybody's kind of got a dude or two. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I think they're they're longer than you think. They're a little bit better than you think defensively. They're a little tougher than you think, and they've kind of gotten in this expecting to win. I mean, the real thing is they have guys that can make shots, they have guys that can create shots, and Kind of the missing link to so many of these teams is Bryce Alford's not a point. Like his dad got really mad at me one year when they when they got to the NCAA tournament was that two years ago and they shouldn't have gotten in. Yes, and they played they played in Louisville and got a couple upsets. Yeah, yeah. So I I said on Selection <laughs> Sunday I said like no human being alive actually thinks they belong in the tournament. And then I picked them to beat SMU and people were like well that that's like a contradiction. Like, well, they didn't earn the right to be in, but I didn't think SMU is that good. And my only fear with Bryce is not really a point guard. So if he can't get, if he can get past half court, like he can beat you because then you, you passes the ball to the wing, runs through the offense. He's actually a very good passer as a two. So when you have a, a point guard who's a good, very good passer, a two guard who's a very good passer for a two guard, and Leaf is a skilled big who likes to pass. And Welsh has no ego at all. Like, he just, that 15-foot face-up jump shot or he's moving it. Like, they're a really good passing team. And, and against Kentucky, that, their other guys killed them. Like, Holiday yeah. and those guys, that's who really beat Kentucky in that game. It wasn't even Alfred and, and Ball. I mean, like. Well, Holiday, he's just such a, he's such a competitor. Yeah. And he does some of the little things. So, so they're deep. They pass. They defend enough. And they've kind of gotten greedy towards winning. I don't think that's a terrible pick. I mean, they have. They have a lot better top end talent than like a Villanova does. Uh, I don't think that's a but. But again, kind of that culture, the toughness. You get into a meat grinder, what happens? I don't know. All right, I'm going to interrupt here for a second to talk about Policy Genius. Let me ask you a question: Do you have life insurance? If you don't, then why not? I mean, I don't have it, but you know what? I think it's a good idea because it protects the ones around you. And at PolicyGenius.com. They have the best online life insurance marketplace. Go there and you can see, like, why do I need this? And it'll tell you. They've put over $5 billion in life insurance. And it's simple. 
and it's easy. So if you're like me and you're like, why do I need life insurance? No one even knows who I am. This is the way to figure it out and to help your friends, family, and those around you. So go to policygenius.com, save over 70% off other prices for life insurance. That's policygenius.com. They're telling me I have to spell it. I feel like you all are smart enough, but in case you are not, P-O-L-I-C-Y-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Zero jargon, zero sales pressure, zero hassle. It's policygenius.com. Now, let's talk about the Kentucky team for a second. I mean, I I feel like when I watch Kentucky play, I think they're the best offensive team Cal's maybe ever had, and I still don't think they're totally clicking because Willis isn't hitting shots yet. And yep. I, I, I still feel like they can be even better. How do you than- say that? That's uh, exactly my thought is that there's going to be a point to which he starts hitting shots. And it gives them such lineup versatility. Yes, that you're like, man, that becomes a really hard team to guard. But, but then you go on the defensive end. This is the first Cal team I think he's had since he's been at Kentucky, where they don't have a rim protector. So you're a basketball yeah. guy. Can yeah. you win without a rim protector? Yes, uh, yes. I mean, like, look, it's not like you're playing against LeBron James where you have to have somebody defend the rim. Yes. Right? Um, they also they don't really have. It's not really their style to take a bunch of charges either, which is, you know, how a lot of teams, you know, they'll... Uh, Undercut they'll, you, how, like Duke, yeah. Yeah, well, not, I mean, they just plant their feet because because they're not athletic. They just try and get there and then flop. And, um, and you know, then there's guys like Landon Lucas or DeMonte Dodd at, at Maryland who aren't rim protectors, aren't really charge takers. They just kind of stand there and wall up and then try and, you know, nudge you with their lower body. Um, can they? Yeah. I mean, they can be... The 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 issue is you have probably the best defensive point guard as a freshman I can think of. Like yeah. you got a guy who can change the game by making you. Coach Sutton used to say to make them turn their ass to the glass. <laughs> when I was in Arkansas, we had the triplets, and they used to have a shake. Turn make them turn their ass to the glass. Like that's what that guy does. Like <laughs> yeah. I want no part of that kid. I'm turning. Turning my back, trying to back him down. Somebody come up to the ball screen. Anyway, so one of the issues, when you play that way, occasionally De'Aaron Fox is going to get beat off the bounce. And when you do, it's better when you have somebody, you know, who blocks shots exactly, and yeah. generates off it. But they do have good overall length. You know, it's not like they got some stubby dudes back there, some sawed-off guys back there. They could have good overall length. And, well, I'll tell you what, when you miss or you turn it over, they're, they're gone. flying. Yeah, they're, they're gone. They're flying. And um, I, I think, yes, you can win a national title without a rim protector. No, I mean, um, you just, you know, it's, it's a, everybody has a flaw. Like even the Death Star, right, had two, had two different movies that had <laughs> an easy place in which you could, you could kill it. So I think it, it'll be matchup-based. Like they didn't lose to UCLA because they, they didn't have a rim protector. They lost to UCLA because they, you know, couldn't contain the basketball enough. Um, and and as you said, others ancillary parts stepped up and made shots. So uh, I, but it does make it considering the the blueprint of their team, the makeup of their team, with these athletes that want to get out and run. You sure wish you had one, so that when you drove when. I when wish your boy Marcus Lee had stayed. Like they, they yeah. actually really could have used him this year, yeah. which which I don't I think know. anybody foresaw. But I actually think now the way the roster developed, he'd be exactly what they need. I know, right? Uh, and crazy, he's but... and and Marcus at his core is kind of an ego uh, ego free guy. Exactly, he really yep. want the basketball. Like he'd be fine on this team. It'll be interesting to see if that's what keeps them from winning. Like I've always said, Arizona never has never reached the final four, right? Uh, God, and I just blanked on the kid's name. What's the kid's name from Southern California? Light skinned black kid who hit he hit a big three against Ohio State. I'm not sure. Uh, no, he gave up for because, Southern Cal. Uh, you mean? No, 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 no. He's uh, he played at Arizona, but he left for the pros after his first year. Oh, I know who you're talking about now, and uh, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll I'll think of it anyway. Like I always thought. Remember, they lost to Wisconsin two years in a row. And if they had, had won, they had, had they beaten Wisconsin, Kentucky wins that title. But go ahead. But the the point is, had they but they had they had him, they would have they would have gone to a Final Four. Yeah. Because they, they needed a big that could shoot to open up the lane for everybody else, and he was a five who could shoot. So, yeah, I mean, it, it would be interesting is, is if Marcus, who left for a Cal team that 
I think it's going to be a mess next year if he even stay if if Conzo even stays there. Um, and I know he always wanted to go to Cal and he wants a Cal degree. And I, I get it, but it would be interesting to see if uh, that's what keeps them from. Well, I, I knew time. Marcus a little bit. He's probably one of, in terms of just a personal relationship, the player uh, I've known the best, and he's a great yeah. kid. I think right. he legitimately thought he wouldn't play, and in hindsight, that's crazy. I mean, like at the time, though, I understand why he thought it because they were still recruiting other guys and you know, et cetera. But in hindsight, he'd have been perfect. Talk to me about Malik Monk in terms of. You're good at perspective. How, just as a scorer, now his defense, he could use some work sometimes. But as yeah. a scorer, yep. well, he tell me where you, because it, because it leads to offense. Exactly. Right? Like tell me where he ranks. Some for guys you. play with one eye on the bench. He's got one eye on the other hoop. Tell me where he ranks for you though, as a scorer. Ranks where? I just mean, just what? in general, like I mean, what, I mean, he's setting records here at Kentucky. He's going to have the all-time freshman record. He scored 47 against Carolina. Uh, is he as good as I mean, we Carolina feel like thing, he is? The Carolina thing was incredible. Like, yes. Just incredible. Just jumping up and making shots. Um, NBA-wise, I'm, I'm, I'm not really – I'm not terribly concerned. Okay. Um, some people are like, well, he's smaller. And, you know, uh, there's been games – there's been times in which you don't know if he's actually that good a shooter. Like, I like that he competes. Now, he competes more at the offensive end than the defensive end. But the idea, the bigger the game, you feel like – you know, the first game in Madison Square Garden, and I'll grant you Michigan State ain't any good, but at that, that time it didn't really matter. It was just the idea that was a showcase game, and he showed up. Yes. And then the showcase game, you know, against Carolina, he shows up. Uh, that makes me like him more. Um, and obviously he's a freak, freak athlete, freak jumper going to the hoop. So I, I think the, the questions uh, – so in 21st century – you know, basketball, you're not, there's not as much going one-on-one mid-range, you know, as, as people have said, well, mid-range game, mid-range games disappearing because, you know, uh, there's no need for it. (laughs) Coaches have gotten smart, right? Yeah. Get, get to the rim or shoot threes. And if you don't have it, get it on its way. Uh, I like them to be a little bit better passer ball handler. I mean, I think that, that needs some work, but man, he can really, I mean, Look, they award championships to got to the team that has the most points. That guy is going to get you closer to a championship. In ten years, would you really rather have him? If you're an NBA team, in ten years, would you rather have him or Devin Booker? Wow, they're completely different players. Mm, I'd probably, uh, you know, Devin Booker's still kind of living on reputation as a shooter more than the actual. That's numbers. true, but he's boy when he's hot. When he's hot, yeah. it's unbelievable. I'd say Devin Booker, and I'll. Tell you why. Uh, one, he's bigger, and I know Devin's not very long, right? Yeah, doesn't have long arms, doesn't have huge hands. Um, this is hard. Malik is such a freak athlete that it just doesn't apply to him as much as it does others. But so much of what he does is based upon he can just jump over you and shoot. Yes, or he yeah. can just jump over you, go to the basket. That you get to that next level, and, it's harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's harder because. Either everybody's that athletic, or they're just bigger and older, and you lose you lose some of that bounce. But he does have that kind of Vince Carter type of it doesn't really matter. Just Vince is so much bigger than him. Um, but whereas Devin, he's never been a burner, right? He's kind of got that Paul Pierce like, how is he going by guys? But he does knows angles, knows his body. Got a little fadeaway game in the post. I'd probably say Devin, but you know that's because I've been I've been one of the um, Board members, the Devin Booker. Yeah, you were on him. You were on him early. You're exactly right. Uh, all right, so so to, uh, kind of to finish on this. Kentucky but I, but I, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't like him. I mean, that just means. I, look, I think that his ability to be a star at the next level. I mean, he's in a really good spot here, right? Where he has a team that there's not much shooting around there, so he's given the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Uh, he has a coach who's embraced that. He has a point guard who is selfless, not selfish. Um, and so like all of those things, and they're great in transition. Whereas if he's at a team, he's playing with a team that's, you know, even some of Cal's teams the past couple of years have been more half court teams. Um, I'm not sure he flourishes as much. doesn't mean he's, he's an inferior player to what he is now. They've, they're just putting him in a really good position to succeed. You mentioned that North Carolina game. I know that was a CBS game. I, I can't think of a regular season game, certainly not a December game. That's been more fun to watch and a better game. What about you? Um, 
Probably not. I mean, the one at in uh, in Rupp between Carolina and was that in twelve? So no, but that was it. Was like seventy three, seventy one. It wasn't like was it? Yeah, it was. It was not a high score. But there were some there were some dudes in the court. There, there were right? some dudes. I mean, no, were, you're right. You're and they're, right. They're, they're they're better. Both teams are better at both ends. Right? Like you got Anthony Davis on one end, and you got Henson. Yes, and uh, Kendall Marshall and. No, no, no. You're right. The talent was better, maybe on the floor, yeah. but but I mean, just for like from an entertainment no, store up and Shot down the full, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. It was like it was fun. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, um, and I think some of the officiating is nauseating as it is, and, stuff. and that's one of the reasons that some of those November games throw us off is because you know you look at you go back and you look at the Arizona Kansas game. Um, well, the, there was so much foul trouble in that game. Like Jackson barely played because he was in foul trouble the whole game. Doesn't give us a true sense of uh, who's good and who's not yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's a so, really that's a really good point because as they're establishing the foul calls for the year. Let, let's, how, how long till the SEC is decent? Is it next year? It should be next year. I mean, like, okay, so Kentucky plays Mississippi State tonight. Most people will hear this yep. after the game's over. Mississippi State started one and three, but now they're thirteen and four. And they start all freshmen and sophomores, so you might think that by next year they get they get better. That but they keep adding talent. But I don't know, Doug. They don't get better. I mean, these coaches on paper should be good. Why don't you think it's happening? Um, I think it's because of, you know they don't have they you know they don't have older kids. I mean, and if, unless Kentucky is kind of the only one that's built this way, and even you know, like look, if not for having. You need to have Humphrey. I mean, they had Marcus Lee. You're the best team in the country, no question. Right? Yes. Briscoe stays. You have to have a little bit of balance. Well, I mean, and, Will, and Willis and Hawkins, they don't get a right. – I mean, Hawkins has for four years played 12 minutes a game and nobody ever thinks about him. Right. So you have to have that, and, like, a lot of these guys have scrapped. And, remember, they're not getting the Kentucky player. Like, Kentucky is literally taking the best players, you know. I mean, look at Duke. Like, those guys are good. They're coming in, but – you're going to win. You're going to win or lose based upon Grayson and Luke Kennard, right? Some, yeah. And Bill Jefferson. So you you win with age and experience. And Kentucky is the kind of the one exception. But even Kentucky has to have some sort of balance. That's the first thing. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, you just kind of go around the, the league. I think Mississippi State is close to turning the corner. I mean, keeping all these guys. I mean, remember last year's best freshman or best highest recruited freshman is at Kansas right now. Yes. Right. So, um, you know, I, I think you have to have you have to have better retention. And um, I think people I think, thought Bruce Pearl would be better at Auburn than he's been. You so know, far. I, I would I would agree. I would have thought it would it would get better. He's had you know, they tried to take some shortcuts and that that didn't work. There's just <laughs> there, you can't take. I think this group, I don't think uh, Purifoy is a is a first round pick. So if he comes back, and I don't think Heron maybe is ever a first-round pick. I think he's just a really good player who could score a lot of points in college. Like, if that group can come back, I think they'll be an NCAA tournament team next year. I think Florida, he stabilized it. You know, the big thing with Florida is there's a ton of players in Florida now. Not just homegrown players like football, but also you got uh, Sagemont, you got IMG, you yes. got Montbird. Yep, yep. So, but but he hasn't... He doesn't have the presence that Billy had. And even Billy missed on, you know, he couldn't get him beat. It was right down the street from him. So uh, I think, you know, Florida not recruiting as well in Florida when all the players now in Florida, that, that Well, Billy them. was helped, Doug, I think, yeah. by the fact that Tubby and Billy were at UK. I mean, Billy Donovan's recruiting went down yeah. when Cal got there. I mean, I, I, I do think there was a, that, uh, there was yeah, a little bit of a also, relationship. He also there. got religion a little bit. You know, uh, <laughs> he got he got religion. You look back to the early, you know, the team I lost. The Brett Barrett years. No, the Brett Barrett was, you know, was 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 helping them out. I mean, they had some dudes, man. I mean, like, look, I lost the team in two thousand, and we we were the older team and whatever. And they had uh, Hamilton was a point guard. He's only a freshman. He ended up being a second round pick. They had Dupay, who was older kid who could really shoot. But then they had um, Donnell Harvey was a first round pick. Yep. Mike Miller, Udonis Haslam, uh, Matt Bonner. Matt Walsh, uh, David Lee. Uh, no, Matt Walsh was on that team, David Oh, Lee. you're That's talking later. about that one team. Okay, gotcha. No, I'm talking about the one team. I mean, it had, you know, six or seven dudes that played in the NBA. And, I mean, they had dudes. And then the next group had Walsh and David Lee and whatever. 
Um, so that was my team, the team was playing Brett Nelson at the time. People thought oh, it was a yeah. pro. Brett Nelson was so, good. So they had dudes, and then they, they got religion a little bit, and you know they won two national championships. And, yes, his recruiting was down, but they went to three straight elite eights. But he used four, to beat Tubby. He used to beat Tubby for every kid. I mean, Tubby and Billy went after every kid, and it was one-on-one, and Tubby lost almost all of those battles. Virtually every kid you just mentioned that was down to Kentucky and them. And they picked Florida, and I just wonder if that changed. Uh, if it changed when Cal well, like, look, I mean, the Cal thing, you can't you can't compete with it, and he knows it. Everybody else knows it, right? And now it's, I mean, all you have to do is take take that snapshot of the you know the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame, and like, how do you, you know, how do you compete when when you have a kid that wants to be a pro? You're like, mm, who's going to give you a better shot, me or Mike? Near Mike, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love Mike. He's a salt of the earth guy, and I think he's done a good job with his squad, right? But I mean, that's not really that's that's a battle you're going to lose. So you have to kind of start to fight the it's the anti Alabama in football, college football yeah. model, which is hey, you can go there, but you're going to be the fourth, or fifth. We come here, you be our guy. Yeah. And uh, you got to find. So anyway, my, my, the I think Vanderbilt. I think he'll do a good job. Do you think, think he'll, he'll do a good job? I, I can't tell with that guy. I, I mean, I. Do you, what do you, what do well, you think? I don't know. They were like, I was a little concerned that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Like, I, th- I don't know if you know Bryce. He's a great I do dude. not, no. Great dude. And, I mean, you could have just a normal conversation. Like, he's, he's, he, well, I got, we like to say he's one of us, right? Yeah. Like, he's one of us. He's very comfortable in sweats and sneakers, hanging out, watching ball. So, but, you know, they're trying to play Luke Cornett inside to start the year. And I was like, what are you doing? So now they finally have him floating. Uh, he he. They'll never win the league, but I think they'll be really fun to watch offensively. I mean, like, look, they played really the well that, against Kentucky. I don't know if you saw that game, but they yeah, had a shot to yeah. win it. I mean, they they, they no, played I mean, well. They, and, yeah, I mean, he's got. Look at how bad Riley Lachance was last year, and part of it was Wade Baldwin was just. Uh, he was just. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the what the, what the proper word is. He was like it was like an oppressive regime. Like he was really hard to play with. He was just such when things went wrong, it was everybody else's fault. And it was it was bad. But so, boy, they they think about what they wasted there though with him and that Jones kid inside. Yep. I mean, they, they could have had something there if everybody had been on the right page. Yeah, I would agree, especially last year in the SEC. So, but look, the the key with the league is like Missouri should be a basketball school. That place is a joke. Arkansas, I mean, look, I'll I'll be the first to say it. I thought when they hired Mike Anderson, I thought they'd be bad. I did. Um, but, again, the Kentucky thing has changed. You know, now the best kid in the state goes to Kentucky. Two of them, you know? Archie Goodwin and Malik Monk. Or, yeah, but that was before. Was Archie when Archie was, was Mike's first year, and he lost And then, him. you know, the yeah. other kid, I mean, Kayvon Allen, like, I don't know if he's, yeah, I mean, he should be playing Arkansas, right? I mean, he shouldn't, he committed to Billy. But, but and look, that's what. That's honestly, that was the downfall of uh, when he was there as an assistant was they won a national title and they kept recruiting, you know, Florida and JUCOs, whatever. And I played with a kid named Adrian Peterson, who was a stud. There was, there was you know, guys went to Ole Miss, guys went to one kid, went to Minnesota, who was a, a lottery pick. I mean, they just didn't get the kids in state when they had big years. But so, look, when you have the basketball schools in the league, Arkansas and Missouri, are non-competitive for a couple years atop the league. And then Florida's gone through a change in which they've been down. The league's going to be down, and Kentucky has been so good that there's just this incredible talent disparity. Like, you can't count on Ole Miss and Mississippi State to be good, but you should count on, like, Missouri should be better. Tennessee, and Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee has, I would say, historically – Tennessee has is the second best team in the conference if you go back through history, and and really since Bruce left they've been a non factor. Do you think Barnes will make them a factor? No, because I don't think he has the. I, I don't. I, he's not. I wouldn't to say he's actively retired is way too strong, but he's not <laughs> as energetic. He's not as energetic on the recruiting trail as he used to be. Gotcha. You know, he was a. He was a. Rick's got a great. I don't know how well you know Rick. He's got a great personality. He's sarcastic as hell. He'll bust your balls, whatever. He's a really good dude, but I don't think he, I don't think he's a killer. Like I, I think honestly, he probably could have used a year off to recharge, uh, because you know he walked into kind of a mess, and he's the perfect human being for it. But you know, like Tennessee, dude, you gotta, 
you got to go get players, man. And, uh, and there are players have... for the taking there. I mean, you know, yeah. Bruce Pearl did it. I mean, he went and got guys, but they just. Well, you, but you said Tennessee, and, and again, my SEC history is not as good as my PAC and my Big East and my yeah. Big Ten and my. But Tennessee hadn't been to the Sweet 16. No, they haven't. I'm there. just, but I guess what I'm saying, though, is that if you go back through history, Tennessee has probably been, as a program, committed to basketball the second most in the conference. I mean, going back to Bernard think, King, Ernie, Arkansas, and Bernie. Well, and, well, yeah, but Arkansas think was think Arkansas only in the conference was, starting look, in the 90s. Arkansas, when, when Coach took over, they were the doormats of the SEC. Okay, And he said, he promised the guys, hey, if you guys No, no but when Eddie was there, they weren't in so, the SEC. I mean, well, Southwest Conference. Okay, yeah. so when so they go to the Final Four. When they were added to the league, uh, they were them in Kentucky. No, like no doubt was, about that. No doubt. Yeah. Okay, so then and then it was and then it was Florida. And then, it was and then Florida, Florida yeah. had been at the top of the league. And the problem was it was just such a drop off. And then Tennessee had it going with Bruce. You know, every once in a while Vanderbilt had players. Yeah, it's always Kentucky. Uh, you know, and Georgia somebody. and LSU. Yeah. They you know they've had spots. But I'm telling you, like Missouri, you're talking about Tennessee. Missouri has always been good, competitive. Mm-hmm. You should, but they're right now they can't get kids out of St. Louis. And there's plenty of players in St. Louis. There's kids in Kansas City. They don't get them. And uh, so they don't draw, and that's bad. So I, I think I would guess next year it'll be much better. And the question is going to be um, if they can get to a place to where they're retaining kids. That's really the, like, look, the Big 12 doesn't have that many great players, but all those teams have older players, right? Like, look at the Kansas kids, like, would you take the Kansas any of those Kansas kids outside of Justin Jackson in the NBA? Like, no. Uh, but Devontae Graham is, you know, he sat out a year, so he's in his early 20s. Frank Mason, he's so been there. So why don't they win, it. though, Doug? I mean, like, I always say this about Kansas' roster. Nobody does a better job of, on paper, having a balance between one and done and older guys that looks like yep. the roster I want to go into the tournament with every year might be Kansas, but they always seem to lose in the second round. Why? Well, last year they lost in, what, the Elite Eight? Yeah, but they so, were, they should have won. I mean, they were they, last year to me was their year. But, but I mean, go back. Yeah, but, I mean, they also – I mean, Bill would tell you, like, what the hell are we doing in Villanova's like we should have been in different Villanova should have been in a different bracket. But regardless, you do have to win those games. Why don't they? Um, I think a little bit of it is look, dude. They get uh, they get Duke type calls at home. So, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> That's true. So you win, but listen. But think about it, though. You win a game if they 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 haven't lost at home in three years. So if you don't lose at home and you win half your you know your your league road games, you're gonna win your league. So you win your league, and the league has been really well and. They dom- They own Baylor. They're just completely in the heads of Baylor. So, and Baylor's been good. So, you know, if you you win in half your games in the road, you're going to win your league. You win your league, you're a one or two seed. And they're Kansas, so it kind of inflates how good they actually are. Yeah, that been. may be true. So, I, I know I, last know, look, year, they, uh, Kentucky should have beaten them on their home floor. Little, and that made me wonder how good they were. But go ahead. Well, right, last year. Like, I don't think last year, I think he knew he didn't have that talented a, a squad. I mean, remember... You know, he brings in his most talented freshman, wasn't eligible the first, like, nine games, and he was really, really raw, so he just went with the veterans. Um, you know, the year they have Embiid, Embiid got hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They don't lose to Stanford if they have Embiid. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think they're I think they're pretty good. Um, I think sometimes they've been the, – the image of Kansas has been overinflated because it's Kansas and because they're so good in the league. Uh, but I think I think that's also part of the tournament. Like you could take shots, and I know Cal's got more to more Final Fours, but you could take shots at Cal. And you're like, hey, look, it ain't easy when it's no, one it's game. No, it's not in a one game you know? scenario. You're, you're, you're I mean, and there. the fact is that like, do they've thoroughly and completely dominated the Big Twelve, which in the NCAA tournament hasn't proven to be the level of the ACC as a conference. But it's probably it's a harder league to win because you have to play everybody twice. And most of those schools really care, and they all really care when Kansas comes to town. So, some of it is they're a little bit, you know, it's you get a little bit overrated because you win your league, and you win your league because you get a couple, you get a call here, a call there. I mean, dude, they they've won. I mean, the Kansas State game, the kid took four steps. They play <laughs> Oklahoma State. They play a mile water. They shoot forty five free throws. OSU shoots fourteen, and Oklahoma State fouls a ton. So, uh, you know. Um, so, you know, you survive those two games. They lose either of those two games, 
It's a different and suddenly situation. Suddenly now the league's up in the air. Now they're, they're not going to win. They're going to win the league again. Yeah, they play in Rupp here in a week and a half. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to take a second here to tell you about Blue Apron. At this point, you know about Blue Apron. I mean, we've been doing it long before Cal Perry. Cal Perry ordered it originally for me, and now you can do it as well. Blue Apron is the number one recipe and food delivery service in the country. They send you a meal, you cook it, everyone's happy, it's for you and another people. It helps you build strong family bonds, but most importantly, it helps you cook and eat great food at a low price. Less than $10 a meal, from spicy shrimp to chicken pepper enchiladas to whatever, they've got it all. And the ingredients are amazing. They're high quality, they're fresh, it's great. It's affordable, less than $10 a person. New recipes each week. You can choose, pick the foods you like, don't order the ones you don't. It's easy. Everything's made in less than 40 minutes. It's awesome. And they give you a freshness guarantee. If it's not great, they'll make it right. So go to blueapron.com slash KSR. I'm going to give you three free meals. That's three of them. That's amazing. That's like more than two. Three free meals, blueapron.com slash KSR. Learn to cook, eat, have fun at blueapron.com slash KSR. So let me talk a couple yeah. big picture things about college basketball before I let you go. Uh, I, here's what I wonder. Rick, Cal, Krzyzewski, Bayheim, even to some extent Izzo, the, I mean, the biggest coaches in the sport are also yep. at various levels entering the end of their career. Roy, do you worry in five years if all of those guys or most of them are gone, do you worry about it or do you think there are young guys to fill that void? It's a great question. Um, I, I'm concerned in general about the health of the sport. And I'll, I'll, I, this is – so maybe a longer and more diverse – No, go for it. I'd like to hear what you say, yeah. Well, first, like the one-and-done rule is a disaster for college. It's a disaster because you can't build teams. Kids are leaving too early, whatever. So, you know, and you, you lose it. You, you know, for Kentucky, you lose a guy you didn't think you were going to lose or he, you, you, had more, you have backfill. But these other schools, I mean, like look at Michigan, how many guys that they lost. They can't, they, they can't field a competitive team for a couple years because of it. Yeah, there's not another I, one waiting in the wings like it can No, yeah. no, it's a lot, lot harder. So I think that hurts the college game more than it hurts the NBA game. Secondarily, the proliferation of television, which you know, it used to be, and I, I hate to be the old fart, but it used to be cool to have a game on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, now every game's on TV. Dude, We CBS, we put on Mississippi State and South Carolina on <laughs> CBS. Last yeah, you, I saw that, and I thought, <gasps> who is watching and, that game? Yeah. Well, I mean, and then the argument is like, why is this game on? Well, it's like, okay, well, you had to put an SEC game on. You can't always right? show Kentucky. And you can only put you can only put Kentucky on. I think four times. I think that's the league rule. Yeah. So you don't want to waste it on you don't want to waste it on uh, I don't know who they played. Auburn. You know, it was like yeah. Auburn. You know, you got Vandy, Tennessee. I don't, I don't know. So um, there wasn't really another choice. So anyway, every game's on TV. So and they built these, and I think some teams. Ole Miss has gotten smart. Auburn's gotten smart. Uh, redoing the hump but not expanding the size. Like, but a lot of these schools in the early 21st century, my school and others, they were, they they saw college basketball and the peak of its popularity, and they built arenas that are just too big. And now, why the hell would you go to a game? Like K- Kentucky, well, you're living in the the Kentucky bubble. Like the rest of the world, it's not a big deal to go to a game anymore. Yeah, students are on their phones all the time or iPads. Adults can watch every game on TV, and it's better than sitting up in the upper deck. And so, and you got an arena that's too big. So arenas are half full. The TV numbers are down in the regular season because every game's on TV. And then the last part is the NBA stepping on you, not just with the one and done, and not cha- not having the nuts to change that rule. Um, but they now they have uh, Turner and their new package has Monday night games. They have Wednesday games, and they got Saturday night games. So the the big ESPN game. Like last night, last night was can was Big Monday, right? Yeah. North Carolina, Syracuse, and Kansas taking on Iowa State, and I watched the college game. But um, Turner was or was it Turner or ESPN? I think yeah, it was Turner. Turner had Golden State, Cleveland. So what do you think? What do you think Middle America? Of was? course, but the, and the NBA is a better product now than it was eight, ten years ago, too. I think. Um. Yes. Yes, it's better, but it's also 
their every one of their games is on TV. So they're trying to make things special, and that you know they're you're talking they're on like every night of the week. No, they are. Yeah. So so now you have, um, so I I I think that there's so many different things that are that are going against college basketball, um, and then you factor in like Bayheim's going to leave. You mentioned Bayheim, uh, Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky. I mean, like you kind of go through these, and we haven't, we haven't, we don't. Like, we don't, I think have, we don't have a young generation of guys that. I mean, we don't have the Cal and Rick of the nineties, right? Right, right. And it's it's we. I mean, let's see, like let's see if Shaka, like Shaka's down this year, but he just got back home. I think he'll be all right when he gets a point guard. Um, and I think Sean Miller. It's hard in the West Coast in Arizona. Um, I don't think you know Alford doesn't really have the persona, but. You never know. Once this thing kind of, if, if this thing turns around, he's got a great recruiting class, maybe. But like, what happens to Carolina? What happens to Duke? What happens to Syracuse? Um, Indiana is kind of, you know, no one's ever wrapped their arms around Cream. I don't think Cal's going anywhere anytime soon. Like he's he's probably the most vivacious of. Like, how old is John Calipari? How old's Calipari? He's what? Uh, I think he's. Oh, my guess would be late fifties. I think he's late fifties. I think he's like fifty nine, fifty eight, something like that. And I, for him, it's just how long does he want to do it? How yeah. long is he like leaving? You know, leaving the circus and like he and he does a lot. Um, so like, how when does he get worn down by the whole thing? You know, he's had what the hip deal, which you know, but he, he 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 still though. I mean, he, like you said, he's vivacious. I mean, I, if he retires, it's not going to be any time in the next few right. Weeks. But we don't have you know. It's because it's everything is so spread out. We don't we we haven't built up a crew of. Young star coach. Fifty eight, by the way, he's fifty eight, and it's really that's a hard thing to do. And you know, Brad Stevens could could I guess still be that guy. He likes the NBA too much. You said that um, last year that you that you think he enjoys it so much he's not eager to come back. Nope. And, and he, I know Billy loves it. And if he gets one more player, he can be really good up there. Yeah, I mean he's really good. Plus he works in a good place. Um, he's you know a player away, but there, there's nothing wrong with being being second best right now until, you know, eventually LeBron will retire and then they're just kind of sitting there waiting. So, and I, you know, I know Billy really likes it. So you, you've lost two of the other younger, young star coaches to the NBA. And it's not like college football where they failed and come back. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an issue. The thing you have going for it is you got self and Calipari both in their fifties. They're not going anywhere. And I think Sean Miller is probably, you know, he's got to get to a Final Four to legitimize himself. I think he could be kind of that, that third guy. What you don't have is, outside of those three, and even Sean Miller's not like a, he's, he's a great personality to be around, but in front of the TV camera, he's just wound so tight. You don't have the personalities that you had back then. But you back. still have Every- March, and that's the thing. You mentioned regular season ratings down, but here's the one thing I've noticed. When college basketball can create events – all right, the Champions Classic, that yep. game in Vegas got a huge rating between Kentucky yep. and Carolina. And March, it can still captivate the country, but I think you hit it, it's hard to create those events. Yeah, it got a huge rating, but it was like, what was it? Was it two or something? Yeah, it was, but I mean, it, 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 it outpaced any NBA regular season game outside of Christmas Day. I mean, like, it still does... You can still uh, look, do- if it was me, if, if I was in charge of the thing, I would, I would, college basketball could not start until you go on Christmas break. Would you do January through May? <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm starting it, to come around on been, that. It's you know? long been discussed. And, I mean, like, look, you can't, on a college campus, and again, Kentucky is different. It's different, yeah. But think of the rest of the SEC. Like, who gives a damn until SEC football is over? Like, nobody. And here's the other part is, like, look, it's really, really expensive to go to a college football game, right? Yes. So you, know, you just you don't have the income to do it at the same time. You don't have the interest level to do it at the same time. Every game's on TV. Arenas, like, all these factors kind of going against you. Why are you competing against football? You're already competing against the NBA. Now you're going to keep competing against college football. In the bigger cities, pro football, you know, for attention, pro football, you're not going to get that from ESPN. You're not going to get that, you know, as much from Fox or even from CBS. Like, it's not important until March. So, uh, yeah, to me, I would move it back. I don't think that's All you have to do is, right look, is look at May, Doug, at the TV ratings. 
the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and those things do, when, because there's nothing else going on in May. Correct. It, it, Correct. The Kentucky Derby Correct. draws a massive number because there's nothing else going on. Why couldn't that be May Madness? Well, when I, I I don't know if I would move it that late. I would definitely move on the other side of the Masters. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, so mid April, and, and, yeah. and then bleed in, and then bleed into May. Yes. You know, you don't want to compete with the NBA playoffs, but I just I think the lack of you just have to acknowledge that right now we're in a place where football is king. If if the NFL is king, college football is queen. And how do we avoid direct competition with them? on college campuses with, with college football. Because the college football playoff, you know, now we're going mid-January. And, that, and you know, like, you, like we started this podcast with, we've been paying attention. But the rest of, the, <laughs> rest right, of these knuckleheads, right. they're just like, all right, who? All right, who's Kentucky have? <laughs> who's Duke UCLA's have? Good? Yeah. UCLA's good now? Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, they exactly. sucked last year. How'd that happen? Right? That's a good point. Uh, and so, uh, one more thing they could do, and I know I'm going to let you go, but yeah. why not have Kentucky and UCLA play in February instead of December? I mean, why not have the, those the, games? The, this is where ESPN is smarter than everybody else. But the SEC, you know, the SEC Big 12 thing is basically, hey, how can we get Kentucky and Kansas to play? Yeah, right? exactly. And then do the same thing, though, with the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That's, this, that's what should have happened. Remember the, um, uh, what was it called, uh, Bracket Buster event? Yes. It was a great idea, and I'd like to take a little credit for helping kind of formulate that idea, but that wasn't really the idea. It wasn't to have the best mid-majors play against the best mid-majors. Like, that's cannibalization. It was, how do we get the best mid-majors to play high majors, you know, in a neutral site? Like, there should be yeah. basketball. There should be, like, that's where, you know, December should be all these tournaments, and then Martin Luther King weekend. Like, now you have made-for-TV events, and then President's Day weekend. Again, now you can have basketball see i love that That, that's that's a great idea if you had gonzaga playing ucla or whatever i mean that's when you should play yeah Yeah. and 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 they've talked about this in college football but you should do it in college basketball where you put your name kind of into a pool and you know you let tv tv kind of already dictates this stuff anyway but i mean basically what kentucky and ucla schedule is like those are great they'd be made even better if all of those made for tv games occurred after January 1st, they would get a lot more attention. Um, as opposed to playing Michigan State in the Garden in November, people totally forgot about that game. Yep. If, that was this up, if that was this past weekend, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Great point. Doug Gottlieb, you were always generous with your time. Thank you very much for doing this, and uh, we will catch up soon, okay? All right, my brother. Talk Thank soon. you, sir. Bye-bye. Center Liars.